Hi, I'm Suparna Goswami, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. I have with me today Kelly Paxton, who is a Certified Fraud Examiner and Private Investigator. She previously worked as a Special Investigator for the Department of Homeland Security. We will talk about payroll fraud and how best can organizations handle it. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Kelly, please tell us uh, our audience a bit about yourself and your experience in the fraud space. Sure. So I was a special agent for U.S. Customs in Seattle, Washington, and I did that for about five and a half years. And I arrested your typical bad guys, money launderers. So, but then had children and ended up coming back to Portland and worked for a local sheriff's office. And during that time, I had gotten my certified fraud examiner designation, and they were looking for an analyst for their fraud identity theft enforcement team. And I was lucky enough to become a fraud analyst. Kelly, you talk a lot about pink collar fraud. Can you kindly tell us audience a bit about what exactly is pink collar fraud? So what I realized one day as I was sitting looking at all my suspects were that all the suspects were women except for one man. And I started Googling the term women embezzlers and I came across pink collar crime, which was popularized in 1989 in Criminology Magazine by Dr. Kathleen Daly. And the definition of pink collar crime is lower to mid-level employees, primarily women who steal from the workplace. Now it's primarily women. In the United States, over 90% of bookkeepers are women according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So that's why it's more women than men. I actually say that garden variety embezzlement from small main street type businesses is committed more by women. Now there are differences between men and women, but it's about the position and not the gender. It's just that women, it's the one crime women really excel in. So uh, Kelly, I'm sure in your career, we must have handled multiple fraud cases, embezzlement, occupational fraud, etc. So now payroll fraud is a common one. As most organizations are still working from home, uh, there are multiple things that one needs to handle. So how can organizations identify red flags of payroll fraud schemes? Sure. So yeah, we've, the, you know, the world has kind of changed overnight. And one of the things is that, you know, people are working from home unless you're considered essential services. But, you know, I know many, many employees who have been told that they're not going to show up in person until 2021. So how does a business, you know, you can hire people, but how do you go, you know, if you're a manager, do you see them? I mean, you might see them on a Zoom call. So I think that this time is um, so incredibly important to look at your internal controls and document any sort of changes you make in your regular procedures. For example, say that because you're working from home, you give your employees a credit card in order to buy a stand-up desk or a credit card in order to buy a microphone or you know, any sort of things to work from home. But a year from now, when hopefully we've gotten back to normal, does the business remember that they issued a credit card or they issued or they added someone onto a bank account? I think a lot of people are gonna forget because of the sort of fog of everything that's happened with COVID exactly what they did. So it's so incredibly important to do this. And as far as payroll fraud schemes, 
I had one uh, case when I was working at the sheriff's office and she was more of a serial embezzler. And why I say that was she had stolen pretty much from every place she had worked at. She didn't really get caught until she ended up working for a business in the county where the sheriff's office was located. But I think she probably started a long time ago with maybe just an expense report fraud or some something small and saw that it didn't it wasn't spotted. And by the time she got to the county I was in, she was doing all sorts of different things. She was giving herself bonuses. She gave herself a raise. She was in charge of payroll. She put boyfriend on health insurance. So she just knew where every sort of hole was. And during this time of COVID, things are changing. So maybe you have an employee who only gets a certain amount for benefits, but now their spouse is out of work and they want to add them on and they just add them on. Or maybe they add their spouse on as an employee. So I really think you have to look closely at all the places where you think someone can make a change without attracting attention. Does that make sense? Sure. So as you rightly put it, this creates the COVID-19 creates a perfect storm for more of insider fraud schemes. Uh, but what I wanted to understand from you is, yes, of course, you will have one or two employees who will you know, do such frauds. But how, as an organization, uh, if I am a fraud head of an organization, what are some of the things that I can keep in mind that give me that alert, okay, there is something wrong that is going on? What tools have in place for those things? So data analytics is huge in this space, for when, especially if you have a bigger corporation with employees you know, all over the U.S. or all over the globe. Data analytics, I'm going to say, is going to throw out a bunch of needles in the haystack, and then you can go look at them up close. But being able to run reports, use data analytics to quickly, to quickly sort of spot the outliers. And so you might spot the outliers that payroll has gone up in one division. And then you look historically, why has payroll never increased and all of a sudden it's increased? And then you dig in a little bit deeper and you see, huh, there's a new employee that has the same address as the office manager. So that's another thing is kind of the velocity of transactions is that you have historical numbers and COVID has kind of thrown a lot of things obviously out of whack. So historical numbers might not really show you that much compared to now, but it's a starting point. And I, I think the quickest way to dig into it is by using data analytics and seeing sort of patterns that they don't make sense in COVID. There are businesses clearly that are doing lots more, or they're bringing in lots of more money, but there are also businesses that aren't bringing in money. And so you have to look at the business and say, why is this business doing so well? Maybe if you're in a multinational, but this one isn't. And again, looking at historicals and also just the timing of when you know, everything kind of shut down, I would say. So uh, what are traditionally or even now, what are some ways to spot ghost employees? Yes, you spoke about data analytics. What more can be done to spot ghost employees? Yes, you know, looking 
addresses, matching social security numbers. Say you have a business and you know business has increased dramatically because maybe you're making personal protective PPE, personal protective equipment. And so you've grown your business, but doubling your workforce overnight, looking at something like that. Also, I, I would say employees that obviously looking at addresses, looking at the dates of hires. Like, would a business actually hire someone on a Saturday or a Sunday? Probably not. Their onboarding date, unless it's a manufacturing company and they have, you know, three shifts going 24-7. But looking at things like that, that just seem different. They don't seem like you've never hired anyone on a weekend before. And you see that, you know, numerous people have been hired on weekends. What is the reason for that? Okay. And what tools will help in understanding that data analytics? Yeah, there, there's all sorts of different programs out there, you know, ACL idea, automation, there, there's a lot of different tools out there. There's Tableau, business intelligence, it's kind of, I deal with smaller businesses. And so for me, it's more like QuickBooks and Excel. It's, I, I'm going to say it's pretty basic. That's the thing about pink collar crime is I say it's not rocket science. The money is in the business and then it goes to the suspect, you know, who stole it. It doesn't go from the business to Liechtenstein to Panama to cryptocurrency to the suspect. It's pretty simple. It goes from business A to suspect B. So for me, using you know whatever whatever accounting software they use and then dumping that data, I it's usually dumped into Excel. Kelly, you have worked for you have an experience in the fraud space for many years now. So when it comes to particularly payroll fraud. How have you seen the tools and technology evolving over the years to tackle this problem? Yeah, so, you know, 15 years ago, I'm going to say it was all Excel. And now you have so many amazing tools that use artificial intelligence, that use, you know, business intelligence. There's Tableau, but the sheer amount of software out there is amazing. I mean, it used to be, I'm going to date myself, is that I would hand put transactions into spreadsheets when I worked at the sheriff's office. Now, no, there's, you know, you get a bank statement and you can, depending which program you use, you can turn that PDF into a CSV file. There are, you know, it's, it's amazing how much quicker you can get the data. And how are you seeing, so what is the way big organizations and small organizations differ when it comes to handling this kind of problem? So bigger organizations, I mean, they'll have internal audits, they'll have, or an internal audit department, they'll have external auditors. They have a lot of resources, but sometimes those resources aren't really focused on finding fraud. It's more about, you know, business processes versus a smaller business. You know, they might have accountants on staff or accounting people on staff, but then they outsource their taxes to a CPA. So there are differences, obviously, but, you know, one of the things is with a large corporation, you may have many, many different sites. With a smaller group, uh, one of the um, cases I worked on was we needed to find out when an employee was in the office and when an employee was not in the office. And as simple as using a key card. So we were able to download all of her, you know, coming into the building and leaving the building via her key card. Now, I mean, that seems kind of basic, but if you have, what if you have like a ghost employee? 
they're never going to use the key card or that key card if they're in collusion with someone which ghost employees many often are in collusion you know obviously with someone who's put the scheme together that person will you know scan the key card or punch the time card pretty much at the exact same time every day so something as simple as like you know a key card or a timestamp machine you know those also provide data that would be helpful in finding ghost employees fascinating conversation kelly thank you so much for taking time out for this oh i'm happy to and i appreciate that you reached out to me thank you so much you were listening to kelly paxton for i sent you this is super nagoswami thank you for listening